Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Jesus. Hasn't he been good? Amen. I got one simple question. And it's going to be simple, but I don't want you to answer it really quickly. I want you to take some time and think about it. Has God been good to you? I'm not just saying that over today. I want you to take a minute, look back over your life, Look back over the past few days, maybe the last few months, years, or even decades. Has God been good to you? Has He been good to your family? Has He been good to your marriage? Has He been good to your finances? You ought to worship the name of Jesus. If He's been good to you, clap your hands and shout and thank Him because He's been good. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13. I believe pastor hit it right on the nose. God is shifting some things in this church. He's got some things that are going in motion. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13. When Jesus heard of it. Now in chapter 14, we have just learned that John the Baptist, his cousin, his dear friend, the voice in the wilderness that would cause the world to repent has died. He has been beheaded. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place. That word desert doesn't necessarily mean he was in the middle of Sahara. It means he was in a desolate place. He was in the wilderness. He was in a lost place. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place and the time is now past. Everybody say the time has passed. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. Send them away. Send the multitude away because the time is past. I want to preach on this topic, Forgotten Miracles. Put your Bibles down. We're going to pray for a moment and let God have His way. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray your word go forward today. We thank you for what you've done this morning in this church service. 
But God, we know you're not done with us yet. So Lord, let the word go forward. Lord, I pray it wouldn't fall on deaf ears or broken hearts. But God, I pray your word would fall on good ground. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So Jesus is going, he's doing all these miracles, he's doing these great things. And so the people are following him and and the multitude is growing and it's rising. And what I find so interesting about this story is that this story that we're about to tell is the only story in Jesus' ministry that is depicted in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This story is important. Or else it wouldn't have been in every four of the Gospels. Jesus is marching on. He's healing and he's, he's raising the dead. He's healing the sick. He is doing all these great and wonderful things. And then now he hears about the passing of his cousin. So then he decides he wants to go there. He wants to be with them. And so he leaves and goes to a desert place only to turn around and see the multitudes that have followed him into this desolate place. The Bible dictates that it was somewhere around 5,000 men. But they just say it was the men. But Bishop writes and and many other historians say that they may have even been up to 15, even 20,000 people that followed Jesus into this desolation. And, And Jesus turns around and he sees the people are hungry. They followed him for no less for probably many days. Maybe, maybe they've followed him for a long time because his, his influence is growing. His, his people are growing. And then they follow him. They leave their family. They leave their jobs. They leave their lives to follow Jesus. They've walked on foot. Now they're in the wilderness and they're hungry. Everybody say they were hungry. And so Jesus is sitting there and he sees the disciples and the disciples say, Jesus, I understand the people are hungry. I understand that miracles need to happen. I understand you want to teach and do something miraculous, but the time for miracles has passed. I've come to remind somebody tonight, it does not matter what time it is. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday, God can move. And by God, he's already moved on Sunday. But I want to tell you, even on Monday, God can move. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be in midday for God to move in your situation. God can move. He's known to move in the midnight hours, just as Paul and Silas. It doesn't matter what situation it is. Ask Daniel in the lion's den. It It doesn't matter what situation you're in. Ask Samson as he's blind and chained up to two posts. God can move in your situation. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what men say it is. It doesn't matter the multitude. It doesn't matter what odds are against you. If you allow Jesus in the situation, the situation can change. He says, but Jesus, the time is past and the multitude just send them away. But notice this, the disciples say, let the multitudes fend for themselves. The problem we come to church is whenever we go to man for what Jesus needs to supply. When God is wanting to supply some things, whether they be miracles, 
signs, wonders, prophecies. We have no business leaving the Messiah to go to man, even if it's for something like our own hunger. There are some people who are spiritually hungry tonight. You've been going to the world. You've been going to friends. You've been going to social media. You've been going to this and you've been going to that. But I'm here to tell you this word is all that you need. Just sit close to Jesus. He is the one that sits closer than a brother. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. It doesn't matter what the disciples said. It doesn't matter the odds that are stacked against you because Jesus knows he can change your situation. The disciples say all of this for Jesus to say in verse 16, but Jesus said unto them, they need not to depart. Give ye them to eat. But wait a minute, Jesus. Where's the food? Wait a minute, Jesus. Hey, whoa, I don't know if you know this. It's just 12 of us. There could be 20,000 of them. I don't understand how this situation is going to go. What I find so interesting, and we know this story. The boy showed up. The lad showed up. He had two fish and five loaves. Apparently, he was the smartest one out of 20,000. He was the only one that brought lunch. Everybody else was kind of dumb, like me. Didn't bring their lunch. And so the people are hungry. But the important thing here is, it's not about what the lad brought. It was what the lad was willing to give for a miracle. You see, the lad had no idea that his lunch that morning was going to be used to feed 20,000 people. But he was just willing to put it in the hands of God. What I've come as a reminder to this church, it doesn't matter what you have right now. If you allow it to go into the hands of the Messiah, it will change every situation. It might look poor right now. You might just have a couple fish and a couple loaves, but put it in the hands of Jesus and it can feed the thousands. Come on, somebody, I'm preaching right now. Put it in the hands of Jesus. But Jesus, I don't have very much right now. I'm just a single mother. It doesn't appear to have very much. But Jesus, I'm just a small family. We haven't done much for you. If you place it in the hands of God, he will do the miraculous. If you place it, if you have the faith to place it in the hands of Jesus, give him some time. He may even need to break it. But as soon as he breaks it, the miracles are going to show up. The miraculous is going to show up. You are going to feed those who have not been fed. Come on, somebody. Can you worship him right now? If you're willing to put it in the hands of Jesus, he will change everything. You see, we we forego the hands of Jesus so much, but we forget to see, as long as Jesus' hands are on it, creation will always happen. Because if you go back at the beginning of time, it was God putting his hands in the dirt and created man. And so now we see that he's breaking bread. As soon as he breaks that bread, we see it being created into something more. John chapter 6 and and verse 11, we're continuing on in the story. Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. 
Some of you are waiting until I grab this. I want to stop at that verse. Jesus handed it to the disciples to hand out. When God gives you a miracle, it's yours to hand out to somebody else. It is by the word of your testimony. When you begin handing it out to other people. Now I know these loaves were small at the beginning. But when I started handing them out. I couldn't help but I just kept handing out more and more. I just every time I would go into the basket. There was more bread. It started out with five loaves. But now I'm handing out more. And now I'm handing out more. But now I'm feeding 20,000. What I've come to tell you somebody. Is that you have a testimony inside of your life. It's not yours to hold on to. You got to go out and testify to the world. The world will not be saved just by coming into this building. You have a testimony inside of you. You got to spread it. Spread the gospel. Spread your testimony. Save somebody's life. Salvation is in your hands. Feed the hungry souls. Feed the hungry lives because it's in your hands. It's in your hands. It's in your hands you're not hearing me right now it is in your hands when I think of the goodness of Jesus and I'm not just saying that for that old course when I look back over my life when I look back I'll tell you I will tell the story of my mother's healing for as long as there is breath inside of my body why because there is somebody in the world that is dealing with the same sort of thing and when I could tell them they healed my mother Jesus healed my mother he can do the same for you every time I go into my basket I've got another testimony to hand out to somebody else I was addicted to drugs you can get free from addiction too I was addicted to pornography I had anger in my life and when I begin to put that out on somebody else they can realize I can have the same thing too Mm. I wonder again I'm going to ask this question if you would look back over your life And see the goodness of God. And all he has done for you. The writer says there is only one response. When I look back over my life. And when I think of his goodness. And all he has done for me. There is something inside of me that just has to shout. Because I understand if the lad was willing to give what he had, I can be willing to do the same. I can be willing to give my all to Jesus. And when I do that, the miracles will take place. So Jesus is on his way. And he feeds the multitude. And he has all of this for them. But that's not where the story ends. Continuing on in John chapter 6, we'll go to verse 12. When, when they were filled, it's talking about the, the, uh, the people. He said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments. Whew! When I saw this, I had a shout inside of me. If I handed you a piece of bread, will you uh, put it up in the air? Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. When I saw this, all I can think of, when I asked God to step in my situation, not only would he feed the 20,000, but he's going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Because the Bible says there were 12 baskets left. What was that enough for? That was enough for the disciples to have another meal for another day. When Jesus shows up, he's not just going to feed you 
you for today. He's not just going to bring you a miracle for today. He's not just going to supply you for today, but he's going to supply you for your tomorrow. He's going to supply you for your next day and your next day and your next day. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to you right now. If you've got a testimony, God has given that to you to pass it on. Therefore, they gathered them together, filled 12 baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. I'm going to say it time and time again. When I look back over my life and I begin to think things over, I look back at situations that I dealt with. I look at people like my daughter Jubilee, who when she was born had a heart murmur. And they said, we don't know what that is. We're going to hope that she grows out of it, but it could lead to surgery. And I see now the last time she had a doctor's report, it is a clean bill of health. I go back to the last time when the daughter, when my daughters were told we were having twins, the doctor doctor said it's high complication grace might die you might as well abort the babies here in a couple months we're going to be celebrating two years when I look back over my life and I start to think things over I see that God's done exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think I see come on I wonder if there's some elders in the house tonight that says I can look back over my life I can look back over what God has done it's time and time again he's blessed me he's done this he's done that I've got my health today I've got my family today come on can I get some shout from our elders right now can I get a shout from our elders right now because says my life is a testimony of his goodness my life is a testament to his faithfulness So the disciples go out, and Jesus says, I'm going to the mountain. I'll see you. Go go ahead and sail on the ship. I'll meet you on the other side. Just a little tidbit, no matter what you're going through, God is always going to be on the other side. It doesn't matter what situation you're going through right now. We know what happens in the story. We know there's a storm coming, but Jesus is always going to meet you on the other side. No matter what addiction you deal with right now, no matter what fear, depression, anxiety, I can list it all. Jesus is always going to meet you on the other side. Can I get an amen from the saints? Jesus is going and he's walk, uh, now we see him, he's walking on the water and, and, and the, the storm is raging on. One gospel says the, the, the waves were great. The other one said that the waves were toiling and they were rowing. And another one said that the winds were great and it was tossing the ship around. The wind was contrary. So we know that the storm was great. We know that the storm was insurmountable. But what I find so interesting is when Jesus steps on the scene, they get scared. When Jesus steps on the scene, it seems like they get scared. And so now we look and we see the disciples who are fearful. But this is the question that struck out to me. Why are they afraid? Why are they afraid? Your Messiah already told you that he's going to meet you on the other side. But then this stood out. Can I take your bread from you? I'm sorry. Sorry, sound guys. I know I'm running around. If they would have just looked into the boat, they would have had 12 fragments of bread still in their boat. Right. There was bread still in their boat. 
while they were in the middle of the storm. Well, what are you getting at, David? We're just talking about some bread. You're making me hungry. They should have noticed that the provision of God was with them the entire time. Miracles were with them the entire time. This should not be here, and neither should I. But if God can do this with a loaf of bread, he's still got a purpose for me in the middle of my storm. If you would just understand, no matter the season that you're in, there's still bread in your boat. There is still miracle and provision and the hand of God over your life. If you'll just get your grasp on it. The problem with the disciples is that they forgot their miracles. They forgot what God had already done. They forgot how good God was. Jumping over, and we're going to talk about the story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah had a very interesting life. I know I mentioned uh, at the graduation, I talked about the book of Lamentations. Does anybody else hate the book of Lamentations? It's okay to say you hate a book of the Bible. I hate the book of Lamentations. It is not a fun book to read. I, it makes me so depressed. But this stood out to me. So Jeremiah is dealing with all of this mess, right? You know, we, we talk about storms, we talk about mountains, we talk about chains, we kind of generalize it so everybody can feel, yes, I did not get what I ordered right at McDonald's. I am in the middle of a storm. I'm in the middle of a storm. Well, listen to this, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 1. I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. That's starting to sound like some of your situations. Storm didn't really cut it. He hath led me and brought me into darkness and not into light. My flesh and my skin hath he made old and hath broken my bones. Now, David, that's kind of starting to sound like my situation. Also, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayers. He hath turned aside my ways and he pulled me to pieces and hath made me desolate. He hath caused the arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins. Is that sounding like anybody's situation right now? Storm wasn't quite cutting it, David, but Lamentations is getting it. He hath filled me with bitterness and hath made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones and hath covered me with ashes. And thou hast removed my soul from peace. Thou hast removed me from peace. There's some of you guys. I've been in that situation. I've been in there when preachers were preaching about storms and mountains and chains. And, And I thought, that's just not it. That's just an overgeneralized term. That ain't cutting it. But Jeremiah's hitting it there. There have been some times where I felt the arrows in my flesh. There have been some times where it felt like I was being torn to pieces. Can there be anybody that agrees with me? There's been some times I felt the arrows in my back. There have been some times where I felt the gravel in my teeth. I felt 
All of that, I felt the peace leave my body. I felt all of the hurt. I was in the darkness. But then he said this, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. What's he recalling? The faithfulness and the goodness of God. There's still bread in your boat. There's still the goodness of God. Come on, somebody. I know the quiver is in your side. I know the arrows have been in your flesh. There's gravel in your teeth. But this I recall to my mind. Don't let your testimony be forgotten. Don't let the miracles of God be forgotten. It doesn't matter. Well, I would somebody get a shout right now. I've seen the goodness of God. I've seen it over my life. So this I shall recall. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassion fail not. This I recall to my mind. There are some days when you're in the middle of that storm. You got to force yourself to look down into the boat and see the goodness of God. See the provision of God. It doesn't matter if the arrows are in your side. Sometimes you got to be like Jeremiah and say, this I recall to my mind. I may be in this mess right now, but I'm not consumed right now. He doesn't end there. Because he says it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, his mercy, his compassion, his faithfulness, his goodness is going to be there with you. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope only in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh. There's a reason why gratitude really struck out to me when I was dealing with my children in NICU. Because even when I was in the middle of it, there's something about saying, Oh, come on, my soul. You got to praise inside of you. Sometimes you're just going to have to remind your soul. We may be in it right now. We may be in the thick of it, Pastor. I may be in the middle of a fit of depression. But this I recall to my mind. It doesn't matter. I may be in this mess right now. But it is not at the end of my story there's still bread in the boat when Jeremiah says that in Lamentations it makes what he wrote in his own book a little bit more uh, pronounced for, for since I spake I cried out I cried violence and spoil because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. What's he talking about, David? He didn't want to talk about the goodness of God anymore. Has there been any times in your life? We'll just be honest right now. I was pretty honest about lamentations. You guys need to be honest with me. Have there been any times when you've been a little uh, uh, shy about being a servant of the Lord? Where serving God was a little bit more difficult than you thought it ought to be. When you thought God should have provided and he didn't. When you thought God should have stepped in and he didn't. This is kind of what Jeremiah is saying. God, I'm in the middle of Babylon. I'm dealing with all this mess. I got all this junk going on around me. 
I don't want to say anymore in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire. But that wasn't enough for Jeremiah. He said it was a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. Your testimony ought to be a fire. Shut up inside of you. That says I can't wait to tell the next person about the goodness of God. I can't wait to tell the next person of what he done for me. Is there anybody that is a testament of the goodness of God? Is there anybody that's living proof of the goodness of God? I know I talked to our elders. Can I hear from our elders a little bit? Can I hear from our elders that said, God's been good to me? Come on, elders. Go ahead and lift your voices for a minute. Go ahead and lift it up that says, he's blessed my family. He's blessed me. All throughout time, he's been there. He's been there. He's met me on the other side of some things. He's met me on the other side. Come on, elders. I need you. Our younger generation needs to hear this right now. Come on. Can I have some elders stand up right now and start glorifying God? Come on. Lift it up right now in the name of Jesus. You younger generation, look at our elders and know that God is faithful. Know that God is a deliverer. Know that God is good. Know that God is just. Now I need our young people to stand up and I need them to glorify God. Come on, elders, don't stop worshiping. He's not done yet. There's still bread in your boat. Come on, lift up your voice. Music, you can go ahead and come. Music, you can go ahead, keep worshiping. Come on, lift it up. Come on, come on, keep it, keep it going, keep it going. Keep that praise going. Elders, you need to let our young people know that no matter the situation, no matter the storm, no matter the season, no matter what they're going through, God is good, God is faithful, and to share their testimony. I'm not done yet, but you guys get ready. The psalmist David had to remind himself many times of the goodness of God. Because sometimes the goodness of God is a loaf of bread in the middle of a storm. That's hard to focus on, Pastor, when you're in the middle of a storm. But if you have the willingness and the courage and and the boldness to even just look down, you will see the provision of God. But David reminds himself. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest, come on, I know somebody's feeling what I'm saying right now. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He doesn't end there. Oh Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down into the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his to give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Come on, somebody do that right now. Somebody give thanks right now. Come on.
Come on. You are talking to God Almighty right now. If you could see the face of God, how would you thank Him? How would you thank God Almighty? You ought to do it right now. You ought to do it right now. You are thanking the Creator Himself. You are thanking God of His goodness. You are thanking God of His mercy. You are thanking Jesus for what He did on the cross. Because know this church that the remembrance of His holiness for His anger endureth for a moment but favor is life weeping may endure for a night but joy it comes in the morning your story is not over thou hast turned my morning into dancing sometimes we as church folks we think a hand clap and a shout is all of it because we think that's enough to give God because sometimes we get embarrassed when you see me jam, jumping. That looks a little silly, David. When you see people, even our elders, sometimes just a simple hand wave is crushing more principalities and powers than you know. When you see me jump and worship, that's me looking back over my life. That says I should not be here. I should not be worshiping God right now. My situation should say differently. But here I am because of His goodness. But here I am because of His grace. But here I am because of His mercy. Weeping may endure for a season, but joy comes in the morning. He is turning your morning to dancing. To the end that my glory may sing praise to Thee and not be silent. Oh my God. But get this, you guys can start coming to the altar. You need to recall what God has done to your life. But sometimes you need to be like David. I will give thanks unto thee forever. Because I can remember what he's done. I can give thanks today for what he did in my yesterday. I can give thanks today because of his goodness yesterday I know of goodness tomorrow because of what he's done yesterday last year two decades ago I can give thanks for what he's going to do today that wasn't the end of it because even David had to remind himself bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not His benefits. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy and to them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, great is His mercy, great is His goodness, great is His faithfulness. Somebody ought to worship right now. Come on, is that all you want to give God right now? Is that all you want to give God right now? Is that all you want to give Him thanks for? Look back over your life and see His goodness. Look back over your life and see that He's blessed you. Come on, somebody shout it out right now.
sometimes your praise looks different and difficult but some of you need to be like David when Michael was saying David why are you praising that way that is unfit for a king David said stand back woman because I will be more undignified than this why because there's still bread in my boat I know of his goodness and I know of his mercy. Somebody ought to lift up your voices right now. Somebody ought to shout unto God right now. There is a reason to shout. There is a reason to glorify his name. There is a reason to lift him up right now. Be thankful unto the Lord. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.